0: Independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self confident, unconstrained. Welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on in Independence Day, Leftover Cuties. Leftover Cuties play infectious Edith Piaf influenced modern cabaret pop. They're starting to make waves around town and their music can be heard on FX's Justified and Showtime's The Big C, which stars Laura Linney. They have an EP called Game Called Life and will be releasing their full length debut, Places to Go, which is produced by Tony Berg, producer who's worked with artists such as Peter Gabriel, Eatney Bukel, and Michael Penn on May thirty first, twenty eleven. So, leftover cuties, we've got a lot of you in the studio today, so welcome. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you. Thanks Jeff for having you. us. And everybody can chime in at once we've got, we've got we've never had so many people in the studio before we've got mm-hmm. artists we've got we've got managers we've got technicians we've got we've got all god's children in the studio so again thank you for being here um I actually found out about you through somewhat circuitous means. My roommate knows you Shirley the singer correct how do you how do you know andrea i mean is she a fan or just a friend or how do you know her
1: um well, she's now a friend, but she's definitely started as a fan uh-huh I think she's seen us at at some show and Really liked it and kind of Uh started being in touch and being sweet.
0: Did you go to school with her or did you just kind of meet her out in the world?
1: I met her at a show. Like, she was... At a random show, I don't even remember which one, but yeah, she's a very sweet girl.
0: Okay, so now you guys, uh, you're L.A. based. What part of town? I mean, that, that maybe I should just, but I'll, let's do this. Let's introduce everybody, so we at least have a point of reference. Who who it is that we're talking to? This is a five-piece band. This is pretty much the same five-piece band that's been solidified now for how long? Maybe um, couple, years yeah. couple years.
1: yeah, a couple of years. Okay. A little over two years.
0: Okay, let's let's start off. We've got, like I said, we've got a lot of people. So let's start with Shirley. Just, I'd like you to guys, you know, introduce yourselves and just say, you know, hey, you know, what part of town you live in, because like if you were, you know, I've worked with other bands in the past that, you know, I used to work for um, a fairly well-known band, but none of the four guys lived in the same city. One of them lived in New York, one of them lived in Miami, one lived in Milwaukee, and one lived in L.A. So it's not quite that far spread out. But tell me what part of town you guys live in. We'll start with you, Shirley. Well,
1: we've been lucky enough to all live on the west side. I Um. personally live in Venice. And, again, my name is Shirley. I'm the lead singer of the band. And, um, yeah, we've been really lucky. It's been really kind of easy to get together and rehearse.
0: You see, so you were also... You, oh, hello there. You must rehearse on the west side as well.
1: Yeah, we, we rehearse mostly at my house. That's yeah. uh,
0: Having a band like this with a lineup that's, you know, nontraditional, it's not like two guitars, bass, drums, and martial stacks, it probably makes it very convenient in terms of, like, your options are much more open as far as where you rehearse.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, have, have I mean, and the neighbors love it, you know, because yeah. it's not abrasive embrac- and it's just—it's uh, very pleasant. And usually, we get compliments from the neighbors.
0: Have the Have the police ever been called at one of your rehearsals?
1: Uh no, not, never. not yet.
0: <laughs> I but don't think that's ever going to happen. It's—it's it's something to strive for. So, all right. So now let's let's move. We'll move counterclockwise because you're the other one of the other progenitors of the band. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, kind of happened uh, by mistake. Um, just was working with Shirley years ago as her bass player. And um, showed up at her house one day with a ukulele, and she didn't even know what it was, she thought it was a toy. And most people do think it's a toy, but I it's mean, actually a real instrument. I mean, in some <laughs> ways,
0: it kind of is a toy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and your name is Austin.
2: My name's Austin, and I live, uh, I'm at the south end of Santa Monica. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, let's do this too, because I, I always find it very interesting. I mean, how many, how many of this band are LA natives? Everybody? No? Just, just one? Okay, well, well, we'll get to that a little bit later then. So, okay, now, Mike, you are keyboards and trumpet and accordion and maybe other things, too. Tell me just a little bit about, like, you know, what's, what's your history? How did you get involved with this?
3: Um, I think through Austin or, or Ryan Peebus, um kind of kept calling me to get on board, and uh, finally it just worked out. I, I came on board.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, and over there behind the drums we have... Oh, my name is
4: Stuart, Stuart. Johnson. Yes.
0: Every time I hear the name Stuart, I Stuart. want to say it with him.
4: Stuart. Stewart.
0: <laughs> so so, so you, you're uh, an Angelina. Where's where's home for you? Where'd you grow up?
4: Actually, I was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. Yeah. And I came out here in 1990 to make some records and just ended up staying. I really fell in love with it. I fell in love with Venice Beach in particular, and I've been there for nearly 20 years now. Really Hunter
0: S. Thompson, him. I think, is, Thompson, from is from Louisville. Yeah, he's from Louisville. And isn't um, the guy who played, uh, is Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp is also from, from there? The, uh,
4: He's from Owensboro, Kentucky.
0: Okay, close yeah. enough. Yeah. I've driven through there. Uh, I was raised in Chicago but had relatives in the south, so I've driven I-65 through your town probably 20 trillion times yeah, in my life. Yeah, yeah. 65, I know that stretch that very, very, very well. Yeah, it's and, great. Excellent. And then on bass over there, we did find a mic for you, it seems.
3: Yeah, I'm Ryan Fevis. I play bass. I'm from Pendleton, Oregon, where they make the shirts.
0: Is that, uh, <laughs> on, the, is that, a, is that on the coast or is that It's
3: inland, actually. It's about... Half uh, Halfway between uh, Portland and Boise.
0: Okay. Is it dry there?
3: It's sort of, uh, you know, it's a half and half. It's yeah. like on the edge of the mountains on one side and the edge of the desert on the other. So. Okay.
0: And you're playing bass in a band that was founded by a guy that was actually a bass player. Yeah, and the...
3: that's how I got in the band because yeah. uh, we both knew each other for for a while, maybe five, yeah. ten years.
0: Do you play electric as well? Yes. Okay, But cool. not in
3: this band, mostly acoustic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, th- let me tell you, I and mean, you, my, the audience, uh, The this band instrumentation is, is fantastic. It's very, very different from the traditional two guitars, bass drums, and martial Stacks, and pre- Precision Basses, and that kind of thing, Ampeg Amps. I mean, we've got, you know, th- you should see the drum set. I'll be posting some pictures on the website later, but it's, it's kind of like an ad hoc drum set. I mean, and I'll, I'll ask this of you, um, did you put this together just for this band, or is this... You know, this isn't. This doesn't strike me as like your gigging rig. Well, I mean, for other than this band,
4: it has become that. Yeah, when Austin and Shirley showed up at my house one day with a ukulele and some really great songs, I was running back and forth between my front porch and a room full of drums that I had at the time, and was coming out aside with things that I thought would be appropriate to complement that not only the size of the ukulele but the timbre of it, and mm-hmm. also Shirley's voice was just evoking something in me that mm-hmm. I thought would be appropriately s- supplemented by. These older instruments: the bass drum is from the 20s, the tom-tom is probably from the same time, the cymbals from the 40s. Uh, but just originally, the drums back in the in the mid-teens, I guess, drum sets were put together this way. It was. Uh, constructed for one person to play many different things, you know, all at once, uh, yeah. rather than having four or five people taking care of cymbals and bass drums and snare right. drums, they started to invent pedals, and little gears and gizmos and stuff. So right. one guy could sit behind a pile of stuff basically and create as much noise and. Yeah. Just whatever it is. It yeah, it, be, yeah, it was.
0: It it, it it in its original form, it was almost more of a musical instrument as well. It wasn't just percussion. Well,
4: I try to treat it as a musical instrument. I mean, there's a lot of really neat stuff happening harmonically and with the arrangements of the songs. And Shirley's voice is so nice. It's it's nice to sort of dip in and out of what's yeah. going on around me rather than just lay down just some. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Idiotic rhythms that everybody just sits on top of. It's more fun for me to have a conversation with them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, and another, you know, we've got an upright bass. Uh, We know we don't. You guys don't really play electric bass that terribly much, which I love. You know, that's a big thing. We, for some reason, Tom Waits has been coming up over over and over again as we've talked while we were setting up today, and. I don't think Tom ever uses electric bass on anything, which is fantastic as far as I'm concerned. You know, on keyboards, you know, we've got an accordion, we've got a trumpet. I mean, he's Mike's playing two of them simultaneously. <laughs> um, Shirley, now, live, you just play a little percussion, right? You don't yeah, actually... Yeah, play
1: a little apple shaker and some kazoos. Ukulele, yeah. she plays very and well. And I play a little bit a of little ukulele. A little bit of ukulele, live? Mm-hmm.
0: Do you guys ever have, like, dueling ukuleles? Yes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so and you've, you've got three, I see, three ukes.
2: Yeah, I brought uh, a few different ones today the show. So what's the one that's, that's made out of a what exactly? What is it's that? It's a, a cookie tin, actually. It's a holiday cookie tin. It's got the uh, Christmas. You should on see there. it. I,
0: I imagine it having those cookies that are the, the red or the the green and the the green and the cream. Let's play a little bit of that one just for fun. <laughs> not
2: the greatest sound in the world. Yeah, but it well, works
0: live the, well, you know, like uh, well, you know, you used a great word before. Timbre is such an important thing, especially when it comes to producing music. Um, you need to take that into consideration because if everything is in the same, you know, same range, uh, it just doesn't sound right. I mean, that's something that professional people, professional producers, really, you know, they take stock in that. So, yeah. let's do this. You know, we've kind of had some introductions. We, we've met everybody. Now we're on first name basis, at least in in some sense. Let's play a track from. This is from your upcoming record, which comes out May 31st. Correct? Yes. And this is on. I know we didn't talk about this. Is this going to come out on a label or your label or I'm what? We're listening it independently. Independently. Mm-hmm which is great. It it fits in perfectly with the kind of the theme for the show. This show is all about DIY people doing stuff on their own because the the business has changed. You don't do it. um, You know, well, some people do it the way they used to do it. Maybe Tom Petty does, but anyone else on the underside of the industry is doing a lot of stuff themselves. Um, and you guys certainly espouse that. So this is a track from your record actually, this isn't going to be live in the studio, we're going to get to you playing live in just a few minutes. So we're going to play the track Sunnyside, one of my favorite tracks, it's kind of later in the, uh, in the sequence of the record, but I, I like it, it's happy, I think maybe it should be earlier. So this is Sunnyside from Leftover Cuties on Independence Day. <laughs>
5: to a house, climb the stairs to the roof.
0: Leftover cuties on Independence Day. Good evening. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host this Wednesday and every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. here on Lancer Radio which if you happen to be in Pasadena, you can listen to on 89.1 FM. More than likely, you are probably listening on uh, uh, lancerradio.org, which is our live stream, and we can stream worldwide on that. So our reach is much, much more impressive than our transmitter could ever be. We have to pump a lot of juice into the air to, <laughs> to even come close to that. So again, this is Leftover Cuties. They are an L.A.-based band. They have a very, very interesting lineup and a wonderful like pop cabaret-type sound. They are led by front person and singer Shirley McCallan. And you are you you, but you're not from Scotland. The Macallan uh, is not at all. Far from that. <laughs> I'm yeah.
1: actually originally from Israel. From Israel. Born and raised, yeah. Okay.
0: And how long have you been on the ground here in the states? Were you brought over, you know, with your family, or did you come over on oh, your own? No,
1: I came. I came on my own. Um, I fell in love and followed my heart.
0: With a and person, or the, the state, or the with city. With a person. Okay.
1: <laughs> and um, uh, I've been here for 10 years now.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, the girls I've fallen around the country. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah always good see it's great to have a live drummer that was very good have you seen the saturday night live skit where the the two comedians talk but there's this old guy in the background on behind the drum set and he does the hit but at completely inappropriate times like they'll tell a joke and it's just silence crickets and they turn around and he doesn't do a thing he's just kind of staring off into space and then they'll be telling some story and he'll go like out of nowhere it's kind of a stupid skit but like that one little thing is brilliant so like, and like all skits they have no idea how to end it so exactly very nice again live live drummer you give a drummer a mic you can't shut him up <laughs> so uh, what, what should we talk about next I mean, there's so many things to talk about with this band like the, the thing that I've been wondering about is you know, you guys gave me a copy of tracks to review last week so I've been listening to them you know, as I go about my business in my world and <laughs> alright <laughs> <laughs> funny guy <laughs> uh so uh, as, as I've been going around, you know, going about my business, listening to the tracks, and and they're great. You know, that's it's diverse. The instrumentation is really really interesting to someone who's used to hearing stuff that's on K rock. It's very very different from that. Um, everybody's a comedian. <laughs> Uh, you've got you've got different instrumentation and so my question for you is like when you show up at a gig, does the sound guy or sound girl like do they do like do they freak out, do they wet their pants? I mean you're loading in accordions and crazy drum sets from ninety years ago and ukuleles well, and we've
1: had some funny experiences where people don't really know what a ukulele is, so they're right. like, Play that little guitar you know and or they j ju- they don't really, you know get it but uh it's definitely a different experience for them i think to do sound for a band like us it's it's a lot more complex actually because we have so many acoustic instruments
0: right yeah i mean a lot of those people who you know i've I've played a million shows and you show up with anything other than a les paul and an amp, you know, and a and a drum set. They they don't they, they don't know what to do. So every now and again though you run across I mean, maybe more so in LA, but you find a sound person who's really into it, knows what they're doing, has sure. mic'd up something other than rock bands. So um hopefully you're finding those people. I mean, do you
1: sometimes we do. I mean, we just did a show at the bootleg theater and that was a fantastic experience. Yeah. You know, it sounded great on stage, it sounded great in the house and it was really refreshing and really yeah. nice.
0: Yeah, and then the other thing, you know, I've I've found that like having a good monitor mix is like getting a loan from a bank. You don't get a loan until you can prove you don't need the money. So with a monitor mix, you know, you don't get good monitors until you can prove that you can play without them. You mm. know? I mean, you guys are seasoned musicians, would you would you agree with that statement at all or or anything close?
4: Yeah, we really don't play that loud. I mean, we try to listen to each other and whatever's going on, like, directly on the stage. It's been fun for us, actually, to play in some rock clubs where there is a significant monitor uh, supplement going on yeah. and it's it's interesting to hear this music played with real gusto like that yeah, but yeah. but like you say just sitting in a little room or in Shirley's living room or something we just try to make music for the size room we're in and for the space that we're in yeah and listen to each other and then anything that happens beyond that is sort of right. superfluous that's
0: that's the hallmark of a seasoned musician is a knowing when not to play and b listening to the other players in the band and actually interacting while you're doing it which is you know a lot of really young musicians just want to you know they think they're getting paid by the the note mm-hmm. so they're like trying to cram a lot of notes in they're trying to play really loud and it's just and it's like a pissing contest with the amps it's like if one guy can't hear he turns louder and then the next guy turns louder and the next guy turns louder you know and it just it just gets it spirals out of control very very quickly so
4: yeah totally it really is a team yeah it's a team effort I mean I'm not a big sports nut but watching basketball and watching people drive the goal like that watching yeah. the ball change hands so many times before it gets down to the you know to get it yeah. thrown into the basket I mean that's kind of what I feel like is going yeah. on on stage it's like we're all involved in trying to get the song out and over to, over the audience so that they understand what's going on. And if we're all out there showboating, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Right.
0: So how, how often are you guys gigging these days? I mean, is this like a weekly thing? Or, I mean, is it they're like, you're, you're just about to release a record, so you're probably booking a lot. Yeah, so.
1: well, we gig at a least, lot. Yeah. We do a show on, uh, on Friday nights, every Friday night at Casa del Mar, mm-hmm. just by the ocean in Santa Monica. And uh, besides that, we usually have some other gigs that, you know, come up so sometimes we play twice three times a week yeah so i'd say all we've done more than like 150 shows in the last uh-huh. year and a half
0: yeah that's a lot yeah that's a lot mm-hmm. uh and you know you guys are you you strike me as probably some jazzers in the band got to get people who played in jazz bands growing up at all anybody bass players anybody keyboard Mike? players <laughs> uh, just <Mike>? one yeah. <laughs> yeah very nice <laughs> <laughs> give me, the, You were playing the All Things Considered theme, but when we came in, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just had uh, uh, my day gig. My day gig is working down the street at another radio, st- at a big radio station. Not that this isn't big, but a much bigger radio station. And we had um, wasn't Robert Siegel? Good Lord, i just. We just had him in the other day, the the Morning Edition host. <laughs> Uh, we had him, and he just free. He just came back from Egypt, which what is. About, what about Carl Castle? Carl Castle, Karl yeah, Castle. <laughs> yeah. And his his voice on your your home answering machine.
4: <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs>
0: uh, so let's let's do this. Uh, so not I'm surprised actually, not that many jazzers in the band. I expected to get you know a little more like an like for you like an, an upright player. You surely you've played jazz, of course, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think we've all we all love it and we've all listened to it. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of guys in the band that have had way more experience at it. I mean, when I was 8, 10, 12 years old, I was listening to Zeppelin and The Who and Kiss and all that stuff. But I was also listening to Tony Bennett and yeah. Frank Sinatra and Mel Torme and all this nerdy crap that my friends were looking at me like, "What in the world are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. You know? How
0: what? um how old were you when you got your first set of brushes?
4: Uh, nine or ten. Yes. I guess. Okay. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. So you 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 know you started out out of the gate doing what kind of what you're doing.
4: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just enjoy music. I mean, the stack of records, you know, that I grew yeah. up listening to at my house was varied. You know, anything from The Carpenters to Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show, Simon and Garfunkel, the Partridge Family, yeah. you know, all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. So uh, but we're going to have you guys. You guys brought a lot of instruments here, which makes me very, very happy. Uh, we've got everything sounding good. And I'm sorry we're a little bit late this, morning, uh, this evening. Uh, we, we took a little time, more time than I thought, to get everything set up. But you guys have been very, very gracious. You guys have been awesome. I can't thank you Aww, enough for being yeah. here. Um, you know, you guys are my guinea pigs, and thank you for being so. It means a lot to me. So I'd, I'd like you to guys. This is this song. I think we we talked about what you'd like to play. I think this is, um, is this "Lost in the Sea," which yes. is the the first track, right, mm-hmm. on the new record, because the sequence is already is already set. You guys have pressed the records, and are you waiting, oh, yeah, or yeah, I haven't pressed them yet?
3: It's pressed.
0: Yeah, pressed. that's a great day, isn't it, when you press the records and the, <laughs> oh, that that big great. giant shipment? How many how many did you press? <laughs>
1: In our case like it's really it was a really a special day for me because yeah. it took us so long to make this record.
0: Yeah. How long did it take?
1: A little bit over a year.
0: Yeah, that's 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 not long by like Boston standards. Those guys take <laughs> well, like 6 like years to make it a record. We worked on for a year, you know. We yeah. were
1: lucky enough to work with the, with the producer Tony Berg and he was gracious enough to give us his time, but we had to work in between his other mm-hmm. projects. So we did a lot of waiting in between. So. It took about
4: 24 hours to record, but yeah. that was like two minutes <laughs> right. on Monday back in last March. That's uh, how two uh, minutes. That's how Smashing later.
0: Pumpkins did their first uh, Gish, their first big record. They were all working day jobs in Chicago and recording at night. They would drive up to Madison, which is about 100 miles away from Chicago. So they would like work their day job, hop in their cars, drive to Madison to Butch Vig's studio, track until zero in the morning, drive back. You know, do like that Homer Simpson thing where like you get into bed. <laughs> The alarm goes off and you get right back out of bed and you go to work. So they did that. That's how they did Gish with Butch Vig. So I, I you know, that's 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 a DIY thing. That's what people do. And yeah. how did and tell me quick before you play, how did you find Tony? Like how did you get hooked up with him?
1: Well, uh Stuart knew him actually. He worked with him in the past and when he started working with this band, he got really excited about it and he was like I think we should go and play for Tony. So mm-hmm. he called Tony up and Tony said come come over. Yeah. So we basically set up in his living room and played for him and he was like let's. let's Tony's, make a record. Tony's based out here? Yeah, he's in LA, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's let's play a track or let's have you play a track from this record. This is the song Sunnyside and I hope I hope this cuz we've got a like I said we've got it's a I'm lost in the sea. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That we played <laughs> Sunnyside on the CD. Forgive me. So but this is the first track again from mm-hmm. Places to Go which comes out May 31st on Did you name your record label?
1: Uh no no okay we so a Joe Armstrong record. <laughs> I approve <laughs> I
0: approve and I hope you sell millions and millions of copies of this record believe me Thank so you. this is the first track this is Lost in the Sea this is the first track from the CD from Leftover Cuties coming out at the end of May May 31st places to go and why don't you guys rock it.
5: In the sea of your jealousy And now there's no one here to rescue me I'm so far from the shore don't know anymore what I love you for Mm. I got lost in the sea of my own misery. I don't remember the last time that I floated peacefully. Call for your bait. I carry the weight wave. The waves come over me And suddenly I can't see What you're doing to me All the things you put me through All the things you put me through Swim away from you
0: Very, very, very nice. This is Leftover Cuties on Independence Day. Again, as always, my name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host this Wednesday and every Wednesday on Lancer Radio. That's fantastic. It's such a breath of fresh air to hear something in L.A. that doesn't suck. (laughs)
3: <laughs> we get that a lot at, at the
0: at the at the bare minimum. You know, it's it's musicians, it, it's musicians. I, I feel like I, it's just, this is a, like an anti-grampification moment. Like my girlfriend is always teasing me. She calls me that I, that I'm grampifying. I'm not even that old yet, but like. you know musicians once upon a time listened to each other and music was made by musicians in a room playing instruments made of wood and metal and bone and you know animal skins things like that it was a real thing and it seems like the life and the heart and the soul has been taken out of music so it's it's fantastic for me as a listener and a lover of music to hear a band doing stuff that's real with real instruments acoustically so you're very welcome again thank you for being here so Tell me, I think the the to my right we have Shirley and we also have I'm sorry. Austin, Austin sorry. I'm I'm meeting sorry. a lot of a lot of new people tonight and you guys are like the genesis of this this project. Like tell me how it started, when it started. Like give me give me the story of the the, the genesis of Leftover Cuties.
1: Okay, well basically um like Austin was saying before, he played bass with me on my solo project that was completely different than what this is. Was it like, and
0: like new wave punk? It was more
1: like singer, songwriter, a, a girl with a guitar kind of a thing. It doesn't matter now. But um, basically, um, Austin showed up one day. they were really good friends. He showed up at my house around at around midnight with a ukulele, and I was like, what is that? And he was just playing I this. Hope,
0: I hope he was drunk. <laughs> if I, I, if don't I think show he was. up at someone's house at midnight with the ukulele, but Austin's high a ukulele, there's got to be a good so. story.
1: Um, so he showed up at my house and he played this beautiful chord change, uh, very simple. And I, I was bartending at the time and I, it was a slow night at the bar. I wrote some lyrics on napkins and I was like, you know what? I wrote some lyrics. So I pulled them out and I started singing over the chord change and we wrote Game Called Life, that song that's now the theme song for Uh the big C. And, uh, the next day we just recorded a, a quick demo of it at my house and forgot about it for about two years. And then two years later, I was just going through some songs on my computer and I kind of bumped into it and, uh, you know, listened to it. I was like, this is, there's something special about this, Uh you know? So I played it to a few friends and they all kind of freaked out about it and said, you know, don't do what you're doing now. Do this, you know, Mm -hmm. write more stuff like this. So I called Austin up and said, come over, let's write some more songs. And actually the second song that we wrote is the song we just played, Lost in the Uh Sea.
0: And, but it didn't. So that that wasn't on your EP, correct? Was is uh, that, it was on our EP? Oh, it was on your EP. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there, how much? It's mu- the
1: only song from the EP that's also on the album. Okay.
0: Because I I just got copies of them tonight. I mean, you sent me some tracks like uh, you know over the internets, mm-hmm. which then I listened to and downloaded those sorts of things. But i I'm, my my point of reference is a little strange, so forgive me for that. Oh
2: no, no worries.
0: Um. So just the one song is the overlap the version, between
2: yeah. the two. Yeah. A new version of it, though.
0: Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And so what now? Uh, why the ukulele? Where? Do, what's the like, <laughs> in the in the nicest way. Like, what's the point? Where did where did that come from?
2: Again, like I said earlier, um, uh, not too long after I purchased an upright bass many moons ago, I was thinking, what's the smallest string instrument? And I was like, violin. No, ukulele. So I went to the local music store, bought a ukulele, kind of walked around with it for a couple of days, and tried to get the hang of it, and it just didn't resonate with me. I was like, this thing's beat. <laughs> kind of, you know, was tossed in a box aside. Was it
0: was it one of these three that you had n- bought?
2: No, it wasn't. Um, uh, no, none of these ones. But. Uh, it still lives on uh in a reincarnation. But um uh nonetheless, uh I, years passed and then I picked it back up and something with it resonated with me at that point in my journey and uh I just started spending time with it and bonding with it and it,
0: it <laughs> in, in your journey? Me.
2: Yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> <My
0: journey. laughs> Many moons ago.
2: Many moons ago. Many moons ago. And uh, you know, it's been a few years now of playing it more often and diligently and uh you know I can it, Get around on it on some level, but because I still feel so foreign.
0: Your original instrument, your principle, is bass. It's bass correct? correct yeah. Yeah. So you stuck with the four-string theme. I did. Yep. But you just moved to much shorter scale length and frets. Absolutely. And well, <laughs> you, you were an upright player, or uh, I was player? originally
2: electric player. Okay. And then after about six years of electric playing, I picked up an upright. Okay. And. Uh, I still play bass very often. I bet
0: it's a lot more fun, and you can attest to this, like to drag those to gigs. Oh, what's better than than an upright bass and a bass amp, for sure. The bull fiddle.
2: (laughs) And uh, easier for transporting. You know, I can just hop on a bicycle or my scooter, and uh, you can't really do that with an upright bass.
0: Yeah. I always thought in in high school the, 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 the flautists were the ones who were way ahead of the game. Totally. I was a guitar player, and had, of course I had a half stack. You know, and I had all of the whole rig and I never had the whole like Steve Vai pedal board, but I certainly had lots of heavy gear. But back then it was like, it was almost like a penis envy thing. Like the bigger your amp, like the cooler you were. (laughs) uh Well, this is the eighties, man. This is the, this is the Reagan administration. And you know, there's another thing, there's another aesthetic that's changed. Like you guys, obviously you don't have pedal boards here, but uh, when I was in high school, it was faux pas to touch your pedal board during the show. Because that meant that you had done, you'd screwed it up somehow, like you were adjusting something, everything wasn't perfect when you walked on stage. And then Johnny Greenwood came along from Radiohead. And now, if you're not hanging down on your pedal board with your hair in your face, twiddling knobs through the whole show, you're a geek. So things have completely flipped. And my flannels are coming back, I'm telling you. The 80s are in now, but the 90s are coming back.
4: Talk to Ryan. He's from Pendleton. He
0: can hook you up. Nice. Nice. All right. So let's, uh, you guys want to play another track? We've, again, you've we've got all, you've yeah, got all the gear. So this is another song. I think this is the title track. Is it that is. correct? Mm-hmm. So this is the title track. Again, this is their new record coming. It's a self-produced, well, not self-produced, but self-distributed um, record yeah. coming out on your own unnamed record label. Coming out on May thirty first, and they can they can buy this at shows, of course, on CD, and then of course, are you guys hooked up with iTunes and things like that already?
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be on iTunes on the day it's released. Okay, yeah, absolutely.
0: That's cool. I actually I get a check every now and again. It's like the most random thing. I mean, it's virtual. It's not really a check, but every now and again, I'll I'll get some money from iTunes that and it and they they the funny thing is they are like. They break it down and tell you, like, oh, you, you made 49 cents for selling one song on Amazon because it's all kind of through the same umbrella now.
3: Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's like, great. <laughs> it's like Jerry Seinfeld signing the 10,000 checks for 79 cents until your hand hurts, <laughs> if, if only, right? So, okay. So this is, uh, again, the title track from Places to Go. This is coming out on May 31st. This is Leftover Cuties on Independence Day.
1: I just want to add that oh, um, not one. Uh, you can get the song for free on our website just oh. by signing our mailing list, which so. is
0: leftovercuties.com. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll post that link on the Independence Day site uh, pretty soon. Here, it's uh, we've got kind of a placeholder site. Any of our Legion of Fans may have noticed. Uh, there's just a simple site there now, but we've got our webmaster, excellent webmaster, Mr. Tony Piscotti, in the city of Chicago, building out a proper website. So very soon, we will have a multimedia experience for you on the interwebs that you can check out. And we'll of course have pictures and live, you know, live songs that people have played in the studio, and uh, all kinds of stuff goodies. And we'll of course put a link to leftovercuties.com on there. So. Lay it on us. One, uh, two, uh, uh, uh.
5: You knew I liked you right from the start. You knew that if you'd let me, I'd give you my heart. But you never gave me the time of day, you never showed any sign state every time I talk to you, you laid out your favorite line, you said, I I got places to go and people to see, I try to get your attention in any way that I could, any way that you could. It flips in the air But it did me no good did you know, The only thing that seemed to work on you Was when I finally made up but my but mind To never lay my eyes on you And play the heart to get kind So I said, baby I too got places to go Oh, the singing. This game Game was over Ages ago. ago I won You lost And yes, my answer is still love That's right
0: Very, very, very nice. Leftover Cuties on Independence Day. Dig it. Happy, fun, sunny. In, in some ways, it's the perfect Southern California music, and in other ways, it doesn't make any sense at all that you guys would be from Los Angeles. Um, I, I mean, I kept trying to come up with descriptors for you guys as I was listening to the music, and the closest I came was how I introduced you, which was like, uh, you know, uh, modern cabaret pop you know it's like it it kind of fits in with like the silver like white belt crowd at the same time that you know old older folks who grew up listening to swing and happy poppy music uh, as pop used to be they can certainly appreciate too. it they they do and white shoes and white hats and you know golf carts and that sort of thing. so <laughs> um may I see Mike would you hand me that crazy little thing i want to you should get, you guys should see this little <laughs> dancing, this this okay. instrument um Austin, tell me about this thing. What in God's name
2: is this? I think somebody took the game operation and turned it into a musical instrument somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, called a stylophone. It's this is a stylophone. I, may I play the stylophone? Yeah, I mean
0: this Absolutely. this is. Uh, yeah, I've got it on here. This is just down is on, right? You know? Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I love esoteric instruments. Every time I go to, you know, resale shops and pawn shops, I'm always looking out for these crazy little instruments. It looks like a little, like a blackface Fender amp almost, like from like 1967. It's got like a silver grill. It almost looks like a, um, like a Wurlitzer on its uh-huh. side. But then it's got this little metal stylus, like a Palm Pilot. It's like a musical analog Palm Pilot. So let's see what I can do here. <laughs> oh, <great>. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh-huh. And I like I like any instrument that allows you to do like a a, like a glissando almost oh, yeah. where you can kind of like rake back and forth across the keys. <laughs> That's not annoying at all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it when people bring in different instruments. And we've got we've got again like I said we've got accordions and trumpets and upright basses and drum sets and all kinds of stuff in here. So um, I mean where, where do we want to go from here? Um, Shirley, t- you talked before, you know, mm-hmm. you're from Israel, you grew up in Israel. Yeah. How do you think growing up in a place so different from, you know, from, from everywhere else that's not Israel, how did that inform your music growing up? Like, what were you listening to and what, like, how does that play into what you're doing now? Mm. Like, you said you, were, you came here as a singer-songwriter, but, like, how did you get from there to even the middle point or then, you know, on to yeah. here?
1: Well— it was it's kind of interesting because growing up in Israel I listened to a lot of Israeli music and you know when I was a teenager I was into stuff like the Cranberries and Peril Jam things like that you know a lot of grunge rock so I I was actually kind of a late bloomer as far as listening to jazz and like classical classic music um and I feel like the it, the whole process kind of happened like the opposite that people would expect um basically, I feel like the ukulele helped me find my voice. And I kind of naturally, when I heard the the tone of the ukulele, I started singing a certain way. And then when people started commenting about it, that, you know, that I sound like, you know, people say I sound like Billie Holiday or, you know, things like that, I, you know, it, it took me by surprise. And I was like, really? And then and then that's when I really started looking into it. And, you know, listening to uh, Louis Armstrong and, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and, artists like that
0: if, if, if you're going to steal steal from the best exactly or borrow i guess beg, beg borrow <laughs> steal um let's see what else um uh, we, we talked about where everybody's from we've got a lot of people we got someone from oregon we've got someone you said louisville or louisville is, is the is the local dialect mike you're i'm sorry did we, did we ask I'm, I'm from los angeles los angeles okay so you're a native you're israel and you are
2: i'm from upstate new york originally how far up Anything above the city, people just say upstate New York, but uh, it's actually not that far up. It's uh, Greene County.
0: Is that near? Like, I know where Cold Spring is, so I kind of ride up the Hudson. I used to go hiking there. It is. It's, there.
2: It's close to the Hudson River. It's in the Catskill Mountains, actually. Um, it's about a half hour south of Albany, which
0: is the okay. capital. So, so the day is pretty well up there. Yeah, it's
2: up there. It's maybe two hours or something.
0: So, but, and then I, I kind of touched on this with Shirley, but like. Do you – I espouse this belief that where you grew up has a big effect on your musicality or the kind of music you listen to or, or what – you know, I, I have some southern roots and the, the southern – like the oral music tradition down there is very, very different in America at least because people um, – it wasn't uncommon to go to, to like the Armstrong family reunion and have someone, you know, pull out a banjo and a guitar and they would just sit around in their lawn chairs and crank out tunes Mm. you know and like in chicago where i grew up that was something you would never see like the europeans uh, or the the other side of my family like you would like it's like they didn't bring that tradition with them in the southeast they really really retained that so i mean when do you guys all come from musical families anybody anybody can jump in i mean like influences when you were young i mean was it someone in your family or, or, or someone you saw in school did you play in church like how what got you guys started in music
1: well my brother is a musician as well um He's older. My parents are definitely not musical at all, but um, he's definitely the one who's inspired me to pick up the guitar for the first time. And um, for me, my first instinct, because he was a songwriter, is to pick up the guitar and write a song right away and make up my own chords. Uh-huh. So that's how I kind of started playing music and, yeah. you know, being into that.
0: Anyone else? Any, any good stories about, you know... Learning in school. Learning I just
4: remember watching television a lot. I mean, I grew up a long, long time ago, and and there were variety shows. On was it television. the was
0: it like the monkeys for you?
4: The Monkees, or like the Partridge Family, Jackson Five, the Osmond family had yeah. a TV show on. I mean, most of the the evening time variety shows had some sort of musical performance. The Carpenters had their own show. It's With the Partridge family in particular, I mean, I watched those little kids and within the family, you know, playing music. It didn't ever seem like they were going to school. They were riding around right. on a school bus, but it was painted up really cool, <laughs> it was and they were doing fun stuff. And I was like, I think that might be the life for that's, me. Th-
0: that's the job for me. Yeah,
4: so I just remembered uh, gravitating toward listening to certain, you know, music, whatever was on the radio, on AM radio, uh-huh. was melody-oriented, right. pop kind of music. And then... We had little 45 records with a little record case that that they all came in, and I I remember pounding on those while my friend had a yardstick that he pretended was a guitar, and we'd listen to, like, Cecilia by Simon and Garfunkel Mm -hmm. or... Venus by Shocking Blue and jump around in the room and you know pretend like we were doing what we were doing. But the, the, the yeah. first
0: song I remember my mother playing for me on my little Fisher Price plastic turntable Those was are great. I know they are great. Uh, it was Revolution by the Beatles, awesome. Awesome. which so like good. I mean you, you know you had to kind of it, it couldn't be really a better place to start as far yeah. as you know, starting with the Beatles. Although I I, I was born uh, on the a Beatles song was number one when I was born. Sweet. I'm not going to tell you. I'll leave that for the my, my legion of fans to figure out someday. I don't want to give away all, all the good details. But, but it's, that, pretty, yeah. it's pretty cool to say. You know, my grandfather was a moonshiner, and I was born under the sign of the Beatles. So that's cool. It's cool for me, at least.
4: You don't have any moonshine on
0: you, do you? I, I don't. I don't. You should. I have some at home. You, you can come by after the show. We'll we'll we'll, we'll light I'm up gonna a little. Pack down right Little now. white lightning.
4: <laughs> you guys can finish this thing by yourself. Exactly. Okay. We'll see ya.
0: <laughs> so, all right. Does uh, uh, this band? Okay. You two were kind of the, the genesis of the band. Now you know in its current arcade. Excuse me. A current incarnation. Is it? Is it like a democracy? Is it like a benevolent dictatorship? You know, is, is, it, is, it, is, is that centered around writing? Like, you guys have a manager. This is Cindy, correct? Welcome, Cindy. We're glad you're here as well. Yeah. The, the lovely Cindy. Um, it reminds me, do you, Spinal Tap, anyone know Spinal oh, Tap? When, oh, yeah. this, this is Cindy's first mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Derek Smalls on the tour bus. It's ridiculous. Everyone, everyone who's hearing my voice now, if you haven't seen Spinal Tap, You should.
4: I think we should call our next record Cindy's first muscle. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so what now I've totally got off on this this tangent. So is is who is is there a leader again? Is it benevolent? dictatorship, democracy, is does everyone get a vote? There's five of you, that makes it easier.
1: Well, it's definitely evolved with time, you know. It definitely started as kind of like Austin and I... You
0: rule with an iron fist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but, you know, it was never like that. It's always been really friendly and, like, everybody's opinion always mattered. But um, it's definitely evolved from being a duo and kind of making the decisions to a full-on band where everybody voices their opinion and everybody has a vote it's very much a democracy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Was someone chiming in? Oh,
4: nothing. I was just going to say that it's it's really nice to be a part of a group that has this type of musicianship. And I think when people do bring something to the band, they want the best, you know, For everything that's going on, they're just bringing the right spirit and the right heart to it, and so with that, there's a lot of respect, you know, that goes around. Yeah. Do
0: you guys and girl? I keep saying guys, uh, collective. Do you? I mean, when you're not on stage, do you like have barbecues together and hang out, or is this, you know, mostly just kind of a working thing? Hanging out after shows or
4: speaking of barbecues, Smokey Bulger over there can mess up a Weber right there. That's something else. (laughs) Yeah. If we did have a barbecue and you guys came, you would not be disappointed.
0: I, I, I myself, I fancy myself a grill master. I've,
4: I would pitch you two to get two together, and I put my money on it. that guy right there. I've,
0: I've done my, uh, I've done my last four Thanksgiving turkeys on my charcoal grill. <laughs>
4: right, <laughs> oh, nice.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Have you guys ever done wow. a turkey? Anyone? Who, who's, you're the griller? You're the, you gr- it, your the grill master. Did yeah.
4: you baste it in moonshine?
0: I, I did. Uh, no, no basting in moonshine. But I did brine. <laughs> Brining is key. You know, this is this is a multicultural show. You're getting valuable information. It's not just music, man. This is important. This is life. It's all it's all wrapped in together. You're listening to the Frugal Gourmet. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, more NPR jokes with the, uh, uh, you know, this, this is delicious. delicious dish.
1: <laughs> well, to go back to your question, like, we're Thank definitely... Thank you, Shirley. <laughs> that was perfectly timed. <laughs> we're definitely timed. very much There's all reason friends, reason. you know. We like to hang out, definitely. And I think different people do different things with each other. And, you know, since we play a lot, we see each other at least once or twice a week so we get to hang out but definitely you know um Austin and Mike like to go snowboarding together. Asking. And Austin's like my brother, so we definitely hang out. And Does he, comes he hold to my you house. down and
0: tickle you? <laughs> That's what I used to do to my sister. Stuart <laughs> and I have like, really long
1: uh, conversations and, and debates, and, <laughs> uh, and they're really nice. And uh, Ryan has twins and a beautiful wife, and uh, we like to go over there and you know see how the kids are growing and. We're definitely all very close.
0: So how how far afield are you guys going for shows now? I mean, you're doing a lot of L.A. shows, but how far away are you getting? We
4: went to Denver. Yeah, we went to Denver for the first time, which I think was our first out-of-state trip. Mm -hmm. We played a ukulele festival there with another group called the Youth of Yeah, it was cool. It was really interesting because the ukulele, like Austin was saying, it's such an odd little thing. We had uh three or four different uh bands on the bill that night and one of them was a 12 piece ukulele band that did covers of, that of sounds like known a nightmare. stuff. <laughs> it was cool. It was you know what I thought it was going to be too but we got there and it was it really was wonderful. And yeah. There was another band called the Boulder Acoustic Music Society and they had wow. a ukulele but they were a lot stranger with uh, banjos and clanging bass drums and organ and these guys with beards and, and criminal pasts or something. It was just very dark. And then we yeah. had this sort of the sweeter aspect of the ukulele uh, with Shirley's voice and then uh, the type of uh, music that we do. So it was interesting to see that instrument interpreted so many different ways.
0: I'm, I'm impressed that you've managed to stick with it because I know a lot of Friends bands have started out. With like kind of high ideals in terms of what they're going to sound like, they're going to be super original, and we're only going to play accordion and you know the dobro banjo. But then as they start getting into shows and the sound guys start. Getting, I, Again, I said, guys. The sound persons start to get kind of hinky about that. They start, well, you know, just screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my guitar, and you're just going to sing, and we're going to keep it simple. So, again, I applaud you guys and your, your, like, stick to that you're really going to stick to this and make it. It is your sound. It is it should, what you do. Yeah, it
4: just feels natural to me. I mean, like I say, when Austin Shirley came over, I just listened to her voice, and everything just sort of came down from that. I mean, her voice dictated what type of drum set I wanted to build. And even within the formation of the group, as new members have been added, everybody's had an opportunity to listen to the songs and listen to her voice and the ukulele and figure out what they can do to make a nice puzzle piece to fit in with it. I don't think anybody ever started out with a, a square that that only includes you know X amount of things in it. I think everybody's just playing for the song and playing for each other and trying yeah. to lift each other up in a, in a cool way. So yeah. it could go anywhere. You might right. you might be here this time next year, and there'll be no ukulele, and there right. might be something else in the place. You, it could you, go anywhere. You could yeah.
0: have the, a double-kick drum from 1920. I'll have three <laughs> bass drums before I have two. Indeed. Also. Was it, the, was, it, was it a Scorpions video where they had the girls in the kick drum? Oh, <laughs> man. That's, that's unbelievable.
4: My friend plays for the Scorpions I, right now. i have to ask him. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm glad that time is over. Thank God Nirvana killed the hair bands because they, they were due an untimely, or a, maybe a very timely death. <laughs> um, so what I'd like to do now, I'd like to give you guys at least to hear a little bit of a break. We're going to play another track from the upcoming record. Again, this is Places to Go. is the name of the record. Coming out on her own record label, coming out on May the 31st, on iTunes and at shows on, on CD. You guys pressed the CD. a CD. A lot of yeah. friends, a lot of people are not bothering anymore. Now you gave me a little copy. Will there actually be liner notes too, or is that? Oh yeah. So yeah. it'll be a full package. Yeah, for sure. Any vinyl?
1: We yes. want to do that Absolutely. definitely. So that'll come. I would, Maybe at a later date. I it would will definitely. Come. I
0: would love to see vinyl. I read an article recently about vinyl that said, uh, you know, this is kind of advice to musicians. Everybody, this guy, his, his idea was that everyone should press vinyl because when the, when the electricity goes away, you know, in the post-apocalyptic world, all the digital music is gone. Anything that's digital is gone. But grooves on a record are analog. You could literally make a record player that was mechanical and wind it up and play through a big phone, like that I phonograph, like it used one. to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so everyone should press vinyl. And, and I encourage that as well. A lot of my favorite music is coming out on vinyl these days. I hope you guys get to press too. Do if I... Unsolicited advice, pay the extra money for 180 gram. Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah, we're into I that. I got a oh, record yeah.
0: recently from somebody, an artist that I love. And I I put, you know, the, the Jayhawks just re-released some stuff on, on vinyl. So I got a couple of their records, and I got this guy, Jason Isbell, who I love. And I was at a friend's house, and we were spinning records and grilling food and drinking beers. And the Jayhawks records sounded fantastic, and they were 180 gram. But the Isbell record, I was surprised, wasn't. And there's like a little lump in it. As it goes around in it, it, yeah. does, it sounds fine, yeah. but it's just lower quality. Yeah. So,
4: Do you remember when they used to have records on the back of the cereal boxes? Mm-hmm.
0: I do. I got yeah, the, Star Wars. the, I got the Star Wars soundtrack, I think, on those little plastic records somewhere. Oh, I wonder where that awesome.
4: is. But it was literally pressed right onto the yeah. cardboard, and you would just cut out the whole cardboard and set that on the turntable. Those
0: were the days, man. We shouldn't lose our mechanical roots. And there's an, there's an album title there too. Uh, all right, I will leave you with this. We're gonna we're going we're gonna come back in a few minutes. We'll, we'll have you guys play live in the studio again. But this is a track. This is the track uh, moving on. I believe this is track. Mm-hmm. This is what's well, two on our CD. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter what track it is on your CD. But we're gonna play this. Come back in a few minutes with leftover cuties on Independence Day. is Shirley McCallan, singer from, is it Macallan, right? Not Macallan like the scotch? McCallan. <laughs> <laughs> Shirley Macallan. Depends on what night you catch her on. Exactly. <laughs> singer from uh, Leftover Cuties, and we have them live in the studio here on Independence Day. Again, I, I'm so happy to have you guys here. Thanks for being my guinea pig. I think everything sounds fantastic. Joe, you
4: call us a guinea pig, man. You are our cedar shavings.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how. I say. Are you saying you you pee on me and no. and make nests out of me? You Is that what you're that telling me? You water
4: bottle thingy with the little ball? With the a little BB it. in it? Yeah, that's I like what that. you are, man.
0: I always thought that it would be cool to have like a life size human one of those that had. I guess you could put anything in a water beer gin. Dacris. But then like I'm imagining the ball being like basketball size, <laughs> so when you go up to press it, like you're you're inundated with whatever's in there. I don't know that why that. Be
4: the video, Joe, and you're gonna you're gonna
0: be in it. Yeah, well that, that's you know it's funny you should bring that up. That's exactly what I thought of. I imagine it being a giant giant human-sized habit trail with like the big plastic tubes that you could crawl around in. Cause when I was a kid, I had a hamster and I that's, it's not that I wanted to be a hamster but I wanted to have a giant habit trail at least uh, again we should digress if but this, we
4: sell a million records we're going to buy you one Joe that we'll sounds
0: that. that sounds fantastic I, I will take you up on that our other other idea was we wanted giant lava lamps like 12 foot tall lava lamps which was what we always aspired to in my, my, my high school band we, you know I'm, so far the big the biggest one I've seen you can you buy a lava lamp that's about 3 feet tall it's about as big as you can get I think these days until I sell my million records and yes. then we'll see the 12 foot tall lava lamp and I, I also anyone else have a lava lamp in here? Anybody? Had one. Nobody? Just me? Mm. It went uh, weird, yeah. It takes, the, I mean, a regular lava lamp takes probably like 45 minutes to kind of get rolling. I'm imagining the 12-foot tall lava lamp But like, for a Friday night party, you got to turn it on on Tuesday <laughs> to, to let it get going. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> it never stops. The fun never stops on in Independence Day. All right, all right, all right, all right. You got too much stuff over there, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's... We'll, we'll rein it back in. I want to talk a little bit about how you guys write tunes. You know, as when Shirley, you guys started out, you guys is obviously you started off, but when you recorded that very first thing, was that like, did you like record it in a garage band or like on a phone or a tape recorder? Like, what, what was your technology level oh, at that point? I actually
1: point? used uh, Vegas. It's, oh, it's Fancy a, Pants. It's an audio, uh-huh. uh, it's, a, it's a video actually yeah. um, program, but uh, I use it for audio. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't very high-tech. But, you know, you can do a lot of stuff on that program. It's yeah. not that bad. You could, um, do, you could do
0: the same thing in, like, Final Cut Pro. It's got, you know, which is essentially the, the audio component of, yeah. of uh, what's Apple's. Is it Logic? It's Apple's audio software, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was working on a PC at the time.
0: <laughs> oh, I can't hear these things.
1: I just moved to Mac, so I'm, uh, I'm back on track. I'm, but, I'm, um, I'm
0: very relieved. <laughs> you, know, you sleep better, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah, it's great.
0: It's, it's, it's like the they, – they say that the, that the most important decision you ever make in your life is who you choose for your spouse. And I think maybe the second most important is choosing to go Mac.
1: Mm. Uh, I
4: believe it. I'm a, I don't
0: know. I'm a, I'm I don't a,
1: know about that. <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: I mean, I, I've had PCs die, like, on my birthday. I've had PCs die just kind – the of, same PC die multiple times. Since I got these, no – They're nice. No issues whatsoever. No, I mean, very little cussing at it. Very little shaking. Very little throwing of the of the laptop. So, all right, we're getting off topic. I asked you about for writing. Like, writing so you, concepts, when you, when you yeah. started off, it was just the, kind of the two of you. But now, in the modern incarnation, you've got five of you. Yeah. I mean, do you do you come up with an idea, bring it on a guitar, show it to you guys, and then flesh it out? Do you like when you rehearse? Do you kind of organically come up with things as you're rehearsing? How, how do you do well,
1: it? Well, so far the process has been. Sort of like, you know, Austin and I kind of write the basic it's tune, the skeleton, the skeleton, pretty much, and then we bring it into the band. And um, everybody is bringing in so much, and the song sometimes, uh, you know, will take a completely different form. Um, and especially, I gotta point out that Stuart has very good, you know, uh, arrangement sensibilities, and he always comes up with the most unique ideas, and he sometimes changes the songs. Completely, you know, yeah. so like this next it's time. definitely a group effort, everybody puts their two cents and then it becomes what it becomes, yeah, but the skeleton it definitely starts with mostly my lyrics and Austin's melodies or sometimes it's it's kind of different every time the way it uh-huh. starts sometimes I'll hear the entire song in my head, and then Austin will help me find the chords that that go underneath it and then we'll bring it to the group uh-huh. um, but I think I think it's gonna change too I think we're gonna start. Writing more right. as a group,
0: yeah, yeah. So far, has any? I mean, uh, for as far as seeds of songs, you you you've, you've been the primary person who's brought the stuff in. The two of you, and, is, and has anyone else considered bringing other stuff in? I mean, other things that you now that you're playing. you guys who's been playing with them the longest, other than the two here? Stuart. Actually, I have. Stuart?
4: Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty reverent when it comes to that stuff. I mean, at this point. Uh, the the group that I joined was with Austin and Shirley and so I always honor and recognize the fact that that's the wellspring and the seed that, that's being brought you know to the group and I I you know respect that and want to be able to make some suggestions possibly on a feel or chord suggestions or melody things every now and then but I really you know respect and honor that but like as the group gets older I mean uh, it, it's going to be fun, I think, to explore everybody's, you know, input, yeah. possibly yeah. seeds coming from other directions and then surely, you know, writing lyrics over top of it or whatever, however it is that it comes around. But it's it, the the uh, lineup of the group now feels really solid and, yeah. and uh, everybody so, feels comfortable with each other. So, there's, you know, we're exploring new, new and, ways. And who's yeah. the
0: greenhorn who's been here the shortest amount of time?
4: My, My greenhorn. Yeah.
0: yeah the key but he's the, the
1: missing piece, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was the just missing the, piece. Yeah. 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 The last
4: one, but a, a very, very important piece. Yeah. How did,
0: so how did you know, this is um, every band kind of you find players in, in, in different and sometimes strange ways? You two knew each other. How did you find the rest of these three guys? Was this a, did you ever have to resort to Craigslist because that's a nightmare? No.
1: Thank God. No, no, no. Uh, we when before we recorded the EP, we uh, tracked down the producer Ryan Hewitt, and he said this to to Austin and I. He said, if you guys want to sell records, you gotta have a drummer. That's true. So, Austin said Unless
0: you're Gillian Welch, but she, I guess she's not selling a million, but she's selling a lot. She's selling some records.
1: Austin said, "I know the perfect drummer." So, we went and visited Stewart, and he was indeed the perfect drummer. And um Austin also knew Ryan because him they used to kind of sub for each other as bass players. And uh so he brought also uh he brought Ryan along. And um yeah, and, and Mike is the latest addition. He's probably been with us for about seven, eight months. We'd like be in that.
4: rehearsals, yeah, and Ryan would say, yeah. you know, I know this guy. And we were like, yeah, yeah. And then we'd do another couple of rehearsals, and Ryan would bring it up again. I think I know this guy, man. He's He plays a lot of stuff, and he's really good. And eventually, I think we ended up calling yeah, Mike, and he came yeah. by, and it, just, it was the right fit. It yeah. was just really, really great.
0: I agree. It, it adds such an extra dimension to what you're doing because you're – and I'm speaking to Mike here. I mean, I, I'm watching you play. Like I'm, I'm over his right shoulder. We're all kind of crammed into our little studio here uh, on on the campus of PCC with the with the egg crate walls, and we've even got our, uh, Valentino, our engineer, is in the room with us on a sub mixer. Hey, yeah. Give it up for Thank Valentino. jesse got Jesse, you know, manning us in the other room, and we've got a couple, other, a couple other characters too. We've got a big staff tonight. Um, <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> yeah, now's your chance, man. Where were you then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny guy so but I'm, I'm I'm over the the keyboard player Mike yeah I'm over your right shoulder and I'm watching you play and you're playing that crazy little what did you call it not a style of style of and you're playing a, a keyboard with your right hand or your left hand while you're also playing a uh, a trumpet with your right hand and I mean do you ever is there any is it like a is there anything else you think you can do it simultaneously can you can you t- put a tambourine on your foot or no, that's about it. <laughs> As if that's not enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it sounds fantastic. So what I think, again, let's have you... You guys brought a lot of instruments out, and you, we didn't do it for nothing. So why don't we guys have you play another track? And I see the band readying their instruments. Mike is strapping on uh, an accordion, one of my personal favorite instruments yeah. ever. There's a little, little hint of that. Uh, tell me a little bit about this. This is... Um, I think this is everything I got. Is that correct? me uh-huh, yeah. tell, tell, tell me truly tell me what the inspiration behind this.
1: Well... Um Loneliness. <laughs> Loneliness, wanting somebody's attention so badly that you're willing to give them everything if they just gave you a little piece of their, their time, you know. But um, this is a great example for, you know, Austin and I writing this song a certain way and bringing it into the band and uh, having Stuart be like, let's do this Latin vibe, uh-huh. you know, and and it's you'll hear what it became. Uh-huh.
0: You know? Now, Austin, do you do you ever contribute to lyrical ideas, or do you kind of leave that entirely up to her?
2: Once in a while, but uh, I mean, the main uh, majority of all the lyrics come yeah. from Shirley's Shirley's mind
0: and the universal wander. I I find every now and again you run across a band it's it's really really rare but every now and again the best example I can think of is Cowboy Junkies where you uh, Michael Timmins the uh, the brother of the main singer is the lead uh, he's the rhythm guitar player he writes essentially all the music and as far as I know almost all the lyrics. So he and and they have such all the you know it's a female fronted band and so much of their music it, it he does a, b- a better job than anyone I can think of who isn't like um, like a Diane Warren like paid songwriter songwriter, who writes from a female perspective as a male, and somehow I mean granted this is my male perception of this, but captures such a great female voice from a. M- it's not a male perspective, but he manages to capture manages to capture the female perspective, and I think it's incredible. So I think it's it's a challenge. As a writer, I'm I'm a writer as well, and I've always wanted to write for other artists so I could really get skilled at writing. You know, cross gender like that. I think that would be a really fun thing to do.
4: That's actually something interesting for me too, because listening to Shirley's lyrics for the first time, I it, I have to keep reminding myself that she's writing in a language that's second to her. I guess Hebrew is her first language, mm-hmm. but the way that she writes, it's uh, it's a, a very direct and gets to your heart and gets in your head very easily. And um, a lot of uh, writers that I've worked with that where English is their first language, they trip and hem and haw and, and don't have as much success at just really getting down to the core of what they're trying yeah. to say and, and reach you in a certain way. And I think Shirley's really successful at doing that, even though it's not her, her primary yeah. uh, like yeah, yeah. There's thank definitely. You,
0: yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah. There, there's there's something to be said for elegant simplicity. Yeah, it's hard to do. I mean, I, uh, Tom Petty's a guy who I think is very good at that. Oh yeah, his music sounds very. You know, the lyrics sound very simple on the on the surface, but if you if you listen, he's actually saying. I won't go so far as to say profound. But he's saying, an el- he's, he's touching on elemental human emotions and feelings and thoughts. Lucinda and, Williams, I and think. And Lucinda Williams thing. does that very, very, very yeah. exemplary way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, but they say very simple things, but they cut across everything else, and they really, really get to the heart of the matter in, in ways that few artists can. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's, let's have you guys play everything I got. And I can't wait to hear this because, again, I love the squeeze box. I love the accordion. We've got one live in the studio here in Independence Day. So this is Leftover Cuties. We're going to have them play a couple more tracks. We'll talk with them again after this song.
5: I gotta sleep Nothing makes me smile. I still feel so lonely, and I have been for a while.
0: Cuties on Independence Day. That was fantastic. Love it. Latin-sounding accordions. Wait, before you before you uh, dis, uh, disrobe the accordion. Can you play Jump on that thing? Uh, sure. <laughs> Let's hear it. Mm. Close enough. That was good. <laughs> dug it, dug it, dug it, dug it. All right. So what I'd like to do, I'd like to keep the music going here because I know we, we are running probably a little long on time. We started a little late. So I'd like to have you guys pretty much ju- you know, jump right into the next tune, which is, uh, this is the, the track from, the, it's a title track from your EP. How long ago did the EP come out?
1: It came out uh, late 2000, no, actually early 2009, February okay. 2009. Seems
0: like only yesterday. Yeah. So this does. is, uh, are you guys, about, do, you, do you need to do any more setup here or can you gonna roll right into this? Anything? No,
4: can we say Thanks. Oh, we'll, we'll talk a
0: little How bit after. We'll talk sure. just a little bit after this. But I just want to get to keep the music going. You can, of course, you can thank me. I, I won't stop you. <laughs> not at all. So I didn't know
4: if we were playing out of the program.
0: No, no, no. We've got we've got some out music. I, I want to thank you guys for coming in too, But we'll do that after this play. So and this is the title track from their EP. Also still available, correct, on CD mm-hmm. and currently available on the iTunes and things like that, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can see it uh, on Showtime. Uh, the second season starting in July, I think. So the theme song is still yeah.
0: Give me the the 20 second version of how you got hooked up with that
1: Um, Well you know I guess it was just in the right hands of the right person it's good for people to know about your music when they're in a situation where they need to pick something that's just you know perfect for a certain thing and uh, I think you know when you look for a theme song you know a music supervisor normally would submit a lot of songs and that was the case and you know they ended up picking ours so we just yeah. got really lucky
0: it's very nice and did you see any income from that
1: um pu- some yeah. it's, it's, I would say it's mainly the main great thing about it is the exposure right yeah
0: because that's that's stuff you can't buy right so lay it on us this is Game Called Life from Leftover Cuties on Independence Day <laughs> Sonorous sounds of leftover cuties here on Independence Day. Thank you guys so so very much for coming out yeah. today. I really I, I can't thank you enough for bringing um, such organic, rich, real, live, soulful music to the show. It's meant a great deal to me, and uh, you know we'll we'll get you guys on the website one of these days as soon as we finish the website, so your fans and mine can all connect and we can everybody can hear it. So uh, that was from. Game called Life, which is an EP that's available on iTunes. Your new record, which is called Places to Go, coming out on your own little record label. I shouldn't say little, maybe it's big. Maybe you'll sell a million copies coming out on your record label. And that's on May 31st. Are you guys doing a CD release event of any kind of oh, gig, yeah, big gig somewhere? We're we're Troubadour, to maybe? We're out of venue
1: at the moment. So yeah. we, sh- we will be. Um uh, announcing it very shortly and, on our website,
0: and do make sure you know keep keep me abreast of that. We'll promote you here. We'll promote the show. You know, maybe we'll have. I'd sure love to thing. have you guys come back sometime. I know it's a lot of stuff to drag out, but you know, I'd love to have you come back sometime and play some more songs for us because I, I had a wonderful time talking to you guys. Real quick before you go, just a little bit of dirty not dirty laundry. Little little things I need to air here. We've got an <laughs> upcoming artist I just discovered, a guy named Maxim Ludwig and the Santa Fe Seven. I know Max. You know Max. I do. Yeah, cool yeah. guy.
4: Oh, he's a wonderful guy. He's fantastic.
0: We've had some short exchanges on email. He's going to be playing here on Independence Day on the 4th of May. Hopefully he'll bring some of his band, too. He's great. And uh, he's also playing the Grand Ole Echo Sunday, April 3rd at 6 p.m., which is in uh, Echo Park. Right across the street, just down the road from Tex, there. And they're 1822 West Sunset Boulevard. So hope to see you guys Sunday night at the Maxim Ludwig Show. Hey, and
4: Max, Stuart says hello.
0: Stuart says hello, Max. You rock, my brother. And for uh, leftover cuties, you guys have kind of a regular thing every Friday night. I checked your site mm-hmm. out. You've got uh, at Casa del Mar, mm-hmm. which is Santa Monica, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, Santa Monica, just by the ocean.
0: Right by the ocean. You can't miss it. It's the ocean. It's huge. No, mm-hmm. early, stay late. 7.30 to 10.30 p.m., no cover, 1910 Ocean Way in Santa Monica. And then you've got gigs there on April 1st, which is this Friday, mm-hmm. and April the 8th. And then subsequent Fridays, I presume?
1: Yeah, every Friday in April we'll be there.
0: It's a residency, a mm-hmm. never-ending residency. So, again, thank you, Shirley, Austin, Stuart, Ryan, Mike, and Cindy and the rest of everybody, thanks so much for coming out today.
4: Thank you, so. Joe. You're the best, I, I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Th- I, wish,
0: I wish I had an audience. Your music is so great. I wish I had some people to clap because it sounds really dorky when you're done playing to have me go.
4: but it means so much Joe it really does coming from you
0: so again thank you very much so uh, thank you to Leftover Cuties also to the Independence Day staff Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski and to Valentino Rivera engineers Jesse Lopez and the rest of the crew who I don't have all their names just yet uh, from Lancer Radio you guys you really went the extra mile today to drag a lot of gear out to make this show sound great tune in next week to hear musician composer film score and arranger Omar D. Brancato for Independence Day I'm Joe Armstrong be good to one another yeah. Mm-hmm.